0: Okay, we're as we normally do. We're going to start off with a study, and we're going to look at John chapter four today. Now, we're going to look at the topic of true worship, and I'll explain how we got to that topic because a few weeks few weeks ago we talked about praying for the focus of our church, and that is because so much of what's happening in church today, people don't really have an understanding. In fact, that's really what we're going to talk about, a forgotten reality, what church is really about. So i got several thoughts here, so let me just go ahead and give them to you. First of all, many believers are confused about what church is. That's very true in our country because uh, for some it's a service to attend, it's something that uh, they go for what they can get out of the service or what what the, what the church offers as far as for them and their family. Uh, for some, it's like being a part of a club, like the Rotary Club or the Moose or the Masons or something. It's, it's kind of like a social structure thing. Uh, for some, they go to church because they believe the focus of the church needs to be on some sort of issue, whether it's political, whether it's a social issue, whether it's a moral issue. Uh, And so that's what they feel church is, and so they think that that's what they need to do. And oftentimes you can hear the confusion in a person's mind about church, because like, if all of a sudden they stopped attending, you say to them, well, we, we haven't seen you in a while. Well. I wasn't getting my needs met there. Or nobody cared about me. Or somebody didn't do this. Or something like this happened. And so you kind of hear there that they kind of lost their focus about, really, they have a misunderstanding about church. I mean, if you think about some of the excuses they make, because in the New Testament, church is described not just as a group of people who gather together but it's described as a family. Would would you ever say, I'm out of this family because you no longer, nobody's meeting my needs in this family or so I mean, I think people try to do that, but that's not realistic. You're always part of a family. So many believers are confused about what church is about. So what we did was, is a few weeks ago, we looked at Acts chapter two, verses 42 to 47, and we came up with about six or seven things that the church, the early church, the very first church at Pentecost, focused on. So let me kind of go through those with you. First of all, they focused on God's word. It said, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching. What was the apostles' teaching? What Jesus had taught them. God's word. So the focus was on God's Word, and we looked at that, about how we need to be a church where our focus is on what God says, not what we feel, not what we want to think, but on truth. Next, they also focused on fellowship, and that's what we talked about the last time I spoke, and that is they wanted to be together. And we looked at Hebrews chapter 10, uh, where it said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, as some are prone to do, but, you know, stir up one another to love and good deeds. And so they devoted themselves to spending time with each other, okay? This is what we're going to focus on today is the issue of worship. And it says that they devoted themselves steadfastly to the breaking of bread. Now, in in Acts, the breaking of bread, as well as in other places of the New Testament, refers to the Lord's table or communion, which is worship. And I'll explain that a little bit more as we as we get into our lesson a little bit later. So worship. Next, they devoted themselves to prayer. And that's what this meeting is about. This meeting started not because this is the latest trend, but because we felt that we needed to have a time when people could come together and pray for our church and pray for each other and pray how the Spirit would lead us. They also experienced God in their midst. God did wonderful things in their midst, Acts tells us. And they were in fear because the presence of God was there. And So that's the next point. God's presence was very evident in the church. And that's one of the things that we need to be praying for, is God, would your presence be so real here in our church? Next was the issue of impact. Um, I think there's one more there. I don't have it in the list there. And it's sacrifice. They were willing to give to help others. We'll adjust that next week. But they also had an impact. That is, people were coming to know the Lord because of what God was doing in the church. So our focus today is going to be on worship, so let's talk about worship for a moment because there's a misunderstanding. Usually when you talk to people about worship in a church, the first thing that comes to their mind is the worship service. What kind of music was it? How did I feel? Did they sing sing the songs that I know? Was it the old hymns? Was it something new and contemporary? that I feel like I was drawn into the presence of God. You hear a lot of words about feeling. And, And so people have a concept today about worship in the church, but to be honest with you, that's really not what we're talking about when we talk about true worship. So here's what's going on. Believers see worship as something felt through participation. For most people, when you talk about worship, they're talking about the feeling that they had when they came to a service or when they experienced something. They they talk about a feeling. Worship is not a feeling. Worship is a response. Now, some would say, oh, well, you know, I believe it's a response, but it's a response to... The worship service or the music and I've been drawn into the presence of the God. You'll hear people say things like that. Again, wrong definition, wrong response. The response is of worship is not because of how you're feeling because of a worship service or because of a m- music. It's because of response needs to be about something else. So believers see worship as something felt through participation. So here's the problem. Here's why it's a difficulty and why we need to regain our focus. This misconception of church leads to shallowness and a consumer mentality. So first of all, it leads to a shallowness in your life because your worship is based upon a response because of how you're feeling to a particular aspect of the worship service or the music or the lighting, and so some churches now, um, you know, they have, you know, the ceiling is black, so it's almost like a concert setting, uh, or they have a smoke machine and dim lights and spotlights, and, you know, and, and that's all fine, and that's wonderful if you feel God's leading you to do that, but... That's really not what worship is. We're going to see what true worship is here in a moment. But the problem is, is that can lead to shallowness in a per- person's life because they're not going to have any depth because they don't understand where true worship comes from. But it also leads to a consumer mentality because, let's say the music program ends up not, this, churches ebb and flow. So you may have a wonderful music program, but something may happen to your musicians and all of a sudden the music's not what it used to be. People decide they're going to go somewhere else because of what? How wonderful the music is there. Or how the service is there. And you've, you've heard people say that. You've heard people say, well, I'm going over there now because of the Music or I'm going over there because that that place is more worshipful. What does that mean? More worshipful. Usually it has something to do with the service, but worship has nothing to do with the service. If you want to write this down, worship has something to do with your heart. It has to do with your heart. So I want to talk about true worship and I want to go to John chapter 4, in the discussion that Jesus had with the Samaritan woman at the well. So let me just kind of read to you uh, what's what's going on here. Look with me at verse 19. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worship on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God's the Spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. Now, we're going to talk about real worship from this passage. But my first point I want to talk about is, really comes out of Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And it said they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and in the breaking of bread. So here's my first point. When we talk about worship, the focus of all true worship must be the sacrifice of Jesus for our salvation. The focus of all true worship must be the sacrifice of Jesus for our salvation. So really, technically, you should say that the reason why you come to this church or the reason why you come to a worship service or the reason why you participate in worship or the reason why you give worship is because you are responding to the grace of God that was shown to you through Jesus Christ dying on the cross. You are responding to the forgiveness. You are responding to the acceptance by God. You are worshiping him because of what he did for you. That's where true worship comes from. True worship doesn't come from whether or not the guitar player hits the right note or the piano player hits the right note or the worship song just really lifted you up there. That's not worship. That's enjoying good music. Worship comes, true worship comes as a response to the sacrifice of Jesus. In fact, I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. Because, okay, so we understand when we have communion, it's a serious moment. Would you agree with that? It's a serious moment. And we know the warnings from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 that those who partake unworthily are inviting God's judgment in their life. Why? Because Paul was trying to tell them, when we participate in communion and worship at the table it's because we're remembering what jesus gave his body and his blood for us and so you're there it's not a flippant thing it's not just some ritual you're there responding in remembrance because of what he did for you that's the same attitude that you should have when you come into a gathering of believers and you spend time singing songs and hymns together, when you spend time alone worshiping him, it should always be because you are responding to what Jesus did for you. So that's the first thing. So out of Acts chapter 4, I have another three things. So here's the next one. The basis of true worship is not a place or a religious service. In fact, that's what the woman was asking. Basically, the woman, she said, I perceive you're a prophet. Why did she say that? Well, Jesus said to her, go tell your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, you're right, you've had several husbands, and the guy you're living with right now isn't your husband. So she's thinking, oh, this guy must be a prophet, so I'll ask him a religious question. And she's a Samaritan, so they had their own temple on the mountain there in Samaria, and they said, hey, You know, we say we're to worship here, but you Jews say, go worship in Jerusalem. Where am I supposed to worship? Where's the proper place? And Jesus was saying to her, hey, it's coming a time when it won't be an issue of a place. True worship will have nothing to do with a place. True worship will have nothing to do with the ritual. True worship will have nothing to do with how the service goes, whether it's a Samaritan service or a Jewish service. True worship has nothing to do with that. So, to be honest with you, when you talk about worship, worship doesn't have to take place in the church. Uh, How many people have ever heard, well, I can worship God in a tree stand? You ever heard him say that? That's actually true. I mean, when you're hunting, and you're waiting for the deer to come by, you could sit there and spend time thanking God and worshiping him for what? The salvation that he's given you. That's exactly right. Worship doesn't have to take place in a certain place or with certain ritual or a certain type of service or a certain type of music. The basis of true worship comes out of a heart that is what? Thankful for what God has done for him through Jesus, okay? So the basis of true worship is not a place or a religious service, But notice what Jesus did say. But the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. So here's the next point. True worship can only take place with the Holy Spirit's aid and the truth. True worship can only take place with the Holy Spirit's aid. So again, we're talking about like when we pray, the Spirit's got to give us help as we pray. But it's the same thing when we go to worship God. I don't truly understand how to worship God. I don't think anybody here would say, I can truly understand how to worship God. But it's the Spirit that enables us to worship him. But it's not just that the Spirit enables me to worship. It's also that he says that I need to worship in truth. My my worship has to be based on truth. What kind of truth? The truth of God's word, and especially the truth concerning your what? Salvation, and the promises of God, and the benefits of those promises. So then, when you come to verse 23 and 24, I think it's very interesting. The Father is seeking such to worship him. God is the spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Verse 24. Here's the final thing. The Lord is seeking those who will truly worship him. The Lord is seeking those who will truly worship him. God wants us to truly worship him out of a heart that responds with gratitude because of his salvation, what he's done for us. God's not necessarily interested in your ooey-gooey feelings that you can have because of a music service or because of somebody's preaching or whatever. God is interested in your heart response to what he has done for you. Worship. Worship. Now, that brings us then to... All right, so what does that mean for us here at the church, here at Kermansville Christian Church? How do we pray about this? Well, I think we recognize that we live in a consumer mentality culture, right? I mean, if you don't like the way a restaurant serves you, you don't like their service, you don't like their attitude or something, you can decide to what? Go somewhere else, right? You know what? Now, if you're a kid and you don't like the food mama's putting in front of you, you don't have a choice. There's no consumer mentality there. But, you know, when I go out to a restaurant here in town, if if I had several bad experiences, I probably won't go back there anymore. Or I don't like the atmosphere, the aviance. You know, so... A lot of times people will come in and they'll say, well, you know, they'll judge a church based upon its what? Service. Is the preaching good? Is the music good? And again, that's reflecting their wrong concept of church. Church is more than just a service. Church is what? The people. Church is where is God's presence at? So how do we pray in this consumer mentality world that we're in? I think what we need to pray is, is that God would draw us to true worship. That as a church, he would draw us to truly worship him in response to what he's done for us and the grace he's shown us. Not because we like the music. And hey, we've got a good band. The guys, they, wonderful music. Some of the songs really minister to me when they sing. But I'll be honest with you, that's not worship. Now, if my heart is lifted up because of what they're saying and I give praise to God for what he's done to me, that's worship. But it's not based upon how I feel because of their music. It's because I'm responding to God. So we want to pray that God would allow us to become a group of people who respond to him in worship because of what Jesus has done for us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because of the sacrifice, the salvation, the acceptance, the forgiveness. That's what we need to pray for, okay? Let me pray right now. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for your love for us, and I thank you for these folks. And it's truly hard to understand this topic of worship because there are so many mixed messages that are out there today about what worship truly is. And, Lord, I have to admit, we sometimes ourselves here contribute to that concept. But worship, true worship, is a heart response to you because of what you're doing in our lives and because of what Jesus has done for us. And so I pray that you would help us as a church to be a people who truly worship you. And that this place, this gathering, the family, would encourage people to worship God truly from their heart for the salvation that they have received through Christ.